You're listening to the Revenue Playbook. Join top sales reps and leaders as they share exactly what it takes to go from cold to close. Hello, the Daily Sales audience. We are back. We are here live. And today we have got a big topic. I mean, how to get 81% open rates on your sales emails. That's a pretty big title to lure you in. But we've got some amazing context and data to share with you today and some pretty unique insights. Um, we're going to be dropping tips on all things sales, emails, outreach, and prospecting. And today I am joined by a legendary person. I am joined by Daniel from Dooley. We are huge Dooley fans. I was going to wear my new Dooley hat, but it's a bit too hot to be uh, wearing a hat in my office. But Daniel, appreciate you spending some time with us today. Tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks, Daniel. Um, I'm Dooley's first video hire. I've been with the team for three or four months now. And yeah, super excited to share what I've been doing. And, you know, thankfully it's been, been working so far. So. <laughs> well, nothing is more um, sort of reliable in sales than real experience and real success. No fluff, no opinions. Um, we're just going to come out with some real insights from the front line. Right. How to get 81% open rates on your sales outreach. We're probably going to get to that very, um, very soon. Let's let's sort of, I guess, address the elephant in the room, uh, Daniel. And great name, by the way. Always good to see a fellow Daniel. Um Around 1% of cold emails get responses. That's kind of the current statistics. Um, what are some of your thoughts on this and the sort of read versus delete debate at the minute uh, sort of that most salespeople will be experiencing? Yeah, I mean, I think lots of salespeople and I was, when I first started, I was, I was um, definitely fell in this category too, but get sort of this hey you have to do these activities this is what is you're responsible for and you know when you start running out of time and you don't want to get canned <laughs> you start throwing out garbage emails um you know canned stuff it's not relevant it's not personalized it's just you know hey come come check out my tool please uh and people just throw that in spam unsubscribe don't even open it just delete it um i would say that's sort of where it is but what that means, I think, is that for those of you who want to put in just a little bit of effort, I mean, the bar is really low. So <laughs> you can do a little bit and look like a hero. So um, that's sort of where I stand on it as far as um, all of that fun stuff. And I think the other big sort of issue is people forget that you need to talk about them, not you, like not yourself. So it's a lot of eyes and we's and you know, we're the number one platform for da, 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 da. Who cares? Like your prospects don't, it's like, what can you do for me? So living in, you know, everyone listens to we FM what's in it for me. So, um, that is sort of like how I try to think about it. Um, when, when I, when I go into it, um, but yeah, that was sort of be my take on that. Daniel. Yeah. I, I really like how you framed it in that there is a big problem not just emails, but all, most sales outreach is pretty terrible, whether it's a LinkedIn message or a phone call. You're right. Most of it's bad. The best salespeople out there don't look at it as a problem. They look at it as an opportunity. And like, as you say, it's just those little efforts, that little bit more than what everyone else is doing that can make a huge difference. And, and as you say, the biggest bit is they don't care about you or what you're trying to sell. They care about what it can do for them. And if you can start to just switch that mindset from I'm trying to sell something to 
here's how I think I can help you. You know, that can instantly kind of change the game. Um, we'll dig a di we'll dig a bit deeper into into emails in a second, but let's look at probably the first part, which is subject lines. And I know there is a lot of data and research into subject lines. What are your thoughts and experiences on subject lines on emails that capture attention, that actually, you know, get people close to reading? Yeah, this is actually my favorite bit because I actually don't think that subject lines are where people start. I mm. like to look at it, and this is straight from the Lavender Boys, the two wills, but, you know, emails for us are is a to-do list right? Like when you log in, this is my to-do list for the day. Sorry, I'm looking at my emails. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is what I have to do. And you're skimming it to see what you have to do. So like with that in mind, the first thing that everyone looks at in an email, actually, I'll ask you like, what's the first thing you look at in an email? And don't tell me it's the subject line. No, I was going to say the person who sent it. Bingo. So how I like, that's what I do, right? I literally pull up and I'm like, oh, that's my boss. Yep, open that. Oh, that's so-and-so. Oh, yep, this is a customer. Like I'm looking for things that are relevant to me in my day. And like once I had that epiphany, I was like, how do I get people to like recognize my name? And so that's why I have started, like I started posting on LinkedIn all the time. Um, it's one of the ways I can do it. It's why I'm jumping on this thing. Um, <laughs> you know, it's because if people can see my name and then when an email pops up from Daniel Ryan, they can be like, oh, this dude's been on my LinkedIn for the last two months. So, and how I optimize that is I plan out who I'm reaching out to super far in advance. So when I first started three months ago, I created lists of like, these are the 50 accounts this month, next month, so on and so on. And I started uh, adding like adding the decision makers, adding, um, you know, everyone in like the revenue org, because that's what Julie sells to just blind adding people no pitch slaps i wasn't you know hitting them up straight away just adding people and then posting every day trying to you know help entertain whatever the case may be so that in three months time when i send that email they see daniel ryan and go hey i've seen this dude all over my linkedin feed for the last three months so that's sort of where i start i'm happy to dive into um the subject line too but that's sort of what i started doing and i think it's worked um, you know, literally had responses of like, Hey, like love your content on LinkedIn. Yeah. I would love to get a meeting. So, um, that's sort of, yeah, how I sort of started as far as like the subject line specifically, again, like going back to that, um, like thinking of it like a to-do list. Um, so, you know, I'm not doing subject lines that are like, Hey, quick question because I don't know about you, but like when that comes into my inbox, I'm like, eh, sales email next. Mm -hmm. um, I'll typically open it at some point just because I want to see like, you know, hey, did this say anything good? Like, could I use this, steal this, whatever the case may be. But it's not high on the priority list when I see that. Um, so I try to think like, what is? Um, so for instance, I mean, Dooley helps update Salesforce. That's like just so for the context. So, you know, when I'm thinking about like reps or managers, like what is like a to-do list item that they would be getting in an email form. And so like my, like one of my go-to is update Salesforce and that's it because that, you know, as a rep, if you get an email that says update Salesforce, you're like, 
oh no like <laughs> what what haven't i done right like it gets like an emotional response um and then you know rule number one though if you do something like that you have to tie that back into the email you don't want to trick people yeah. into opening it um so you know update salesforce and then you know my sort of typically my call to action is then like if you never want to have to say update salesforce or if you never want to have to hear update salesforce again would you like to meet um that's sort of how i how i look at the subject line um sorry yeah, for okay. tangent. <laughs> it's so good and i think we, just a couple of things to unpack so going a step back i love your point that their name or the sender's name is one of the first places a lot of people will look at and i love this is the whole social selling being integrated into all areas of sales we're talking about sales emails but the impact that your personal brand your activeness on linkedin and essentially social selling can have to it is is huge and like you say just by posting makes your name recognizable so when they see your name come in oh yeah that's Daniel from LinkedIn. I've been seeing their content. Suddenly, it's not just a random person that they're going to go past and you know look for the more important emails. It stands out, connects the dots. So that to me is fantastic, and you know I'm all for that. Obviously, um, the the second point around the subject line, I love that creativity. It's thinking about their mindset. What are they looking for? What are they going to see in their inbox? What's happening in their world? And how can you create a subject line that connects to them? It's I guess the big thing for me, Daniel, I'd love to know your thoughts on this. It's about switching off autopilot, which I feel most salespeople go into. They, they come into work, switch on autopilot, right? Making calls, sending emails, copy, paste, copy, paste, read off a script, end of day, clock out and off they go. And if you switch that off and actually think about it, you start to approach sales in a very different way, which ultimately tends to be the difference between, you know, successful and less successful. What, what are your thoughts on, on autopilot? yeah a hundred percent i mean i spend i spend my whole day trying to think like like my prospect like what and 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 i also just use my own experience like you know i hate walking into a shop or a store and someone can't be like hey how can i help you today mm -hmm. like, even though reality is like there have been times where i legitimately i was like it, i was in a rush i needed one thing and it was a massive store i was like nothing i'm good whereas like i could have been like hey this is what I want. Can you help me find it? And they probably would have been able to do that. But it's just like we go, like you mentioned, you go into that autopilot mode. And I think like prospects, you have to think like, like just you saying that, like, yeah, absolutely. And I think prospects are in autopilot too. So how can I snap them out of it? You know, they're used to getting bombarded with emails um, and they're just, you know, click next, next, next. How can I make them stop? Um, and so, but yeah. Um, it's good. I like the shop analogy because I'm the same. I mean, I've worked in sales all my life. If I go in a shop and a salesperson approaches me, I'll walk the other direction. I probably do need their help, but I don't want to feel sold to like no one does. Now, I feel like we're getting quite strategic with this. We've got the name bit. So actually making your name memorable to them. Step one. Step two, create a subject line that is, is genuinely going to connect with them. Think, put yourself in their shoes. Then kind of what you're leading on to now is how do you open up an email in a way that doesn't turn them off or scare them away? So going back to the store, someone comes up to you and says, do you need help? Instant reaction. No, I'm fine. What else could that person say? Or how can you open up an email in a way that is going to make them want to read on essentially? Yeah. So, I mean, how I do each of those is very different, <laughs> but as far as like with the emails, um, I, it starts with them. Um, typically, and I want, again, I want this from, from the Wills Lab and I don't want to claim any of this is like me being a genius. 
Um, but you know, starting with them, and this is also going to answer Nicholas's question in the chat about personalization. Um, I literally like for this 81% one that everyone's talking about, <laughs> uh, like that this is about, um, it's an automated email too. Yeah. Zero personalization. Um, I shouldn't say zero. What I do is I clone my sequences and I will do it for one company and I will personalize or like, and make it relevant for that entire company. And then I will send it off. So I have like, my sales manager hates me. Not really. But like, if he wants to go check on my sequences, I've got like 400 sequences. Um, and because I, you know, I don't want to send any canned emails. So every single email is kind of personalized, but I do it in one shot. So I'll go do my research. My first, so for instance, with this 81% one, um, I like how I build out the list first and foremost is I use this cool tool from LinkedIn called Sales Insights. And, you know, I am looking for companies that have grown really quickly. So I put all these things in. This is a company that's grown very quickly. And um, this is also that are hiring for a Salesforce admin. And the reason behind that is like, that's painting a picture to me. I'm trying to like read between the lines. So like I read through the job posting and it's, you know, and they say like, essentially what the job posting is saying is like our Salesforce is in terrible situation. We have no idea about the data. We need this fixed. And so I go into, so I, I write a, an email that's like, hey, noticed company name tag is, it has grown from, and this is where I'll personalize it or personalize it X to Y with the sales team growing, you know, 400% or whatever in the last 12 months, huge congrats on the growth. So like I've started the email with hopefully they recognize my name and then the preview is update Salesforce uh, and then they see, Oh, like my company has grown from this to this, like that can't be canned. Mm -hmm. It is. Um, and then, they, you know, open the email. Next one's like, you know, congrats on the rapid growth. Um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but typically when companies grow that quickly um, and when there's that much scale, oftentimes things fall through the cracks process wise, data wise. Um, you know, I don't want to be making any, any assumptions, but if, um, you know, if this is true for you, um, would you like to never be able to have to say update Salesforce again, question mark, would love to chat kind of deal. Um, and then, so like I, I have, you know, the majority of that can be canned and then I change the numbers for each company and whatnot. And then the follow-up email is a bump email. So then this is being brought to their attention again. And it's literally, I screenshot their job posting and be like, Hey, so you're searching for a Salesforce admin typically when a company's growing really quickly and now they're searching for a Salesforce admin, that paints a picture of like, there's a data problem. Um, you know, if I can help, da -da 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 -da, would you be interested in, um, you know, whatever. Um, so like my first two emails are automatic because I write them out and those two emails are relevant to everyone in sales leadership. So I can put, you know, all five, 10, 15, 20, you know, managers, directors, enablement people, all of that into it and I don't have to do a lick of personalization and it works. <laughs> so then, you know, when it gets to step three, that's when I'm doing like more personalization um, as far as I'll record like a video, mm -hmm. um, you know, for the people. Um, but currently I'm booking meetings without ever having to do that. So I'm just thinking I'm saving time. Um, the other reason why I, I do it that way instead of having like, and, and I'll talk about why I do it that way with like the multiple sequences is if you just have like one master sequence and 
you set it to a manual email and then I have to go look up that information, change it, hit next. And then in three days time, when the next email comes around, I have to go look and do it versus I can do the research one time, put mm -hmm. all that information in and then turn the sequence on and then go on to the next. And then for the next week, they're getting touched. Um, and it's relevant and it is for them and, um, bada bing, bada boom. I think that's pretty genius, Daniel, to be fair. And actually just going back to Nicholas <laughs> and the results prove it, but going to Nicholas's question in terms of time, what you're describing, I mean, the fact that it's automated, but it's still highly personalized because that is highly personalized. We can't dismiss the level of personalization you are doing big research and you're putting lots of references and relevant information in that sequence. So it's, it is quite a high level of personalization compared to the vast majority of emails being sent out there, but you're doing it in a way that you can scale. And that's the biggest challenge. And I think that's going to be huge for everyone watching this, actually focusing on a company, doing the research and putting it into a sequence is, is incredible. And that should help you with the time bit instead of having to spend five minutes, 10 minutes on an, each individual uh, email. email. <laughs> yeah. No that time. And to answer the question, as far as that exact time, it would take me like when I first was like, I'm going to go after this. I picked, you know, I wanted companies between 50 and 500 in North America in the software space. Boom. Mm -hmm. That's like my sort of, you know, I did that when I did the search, there was like 20 companies. Um, once I created the initial sequence that maybe took me an hour. And then every time I cloned it and changed it, that took me maybe eight minutes. And then I was literally just adding a list, hitting send. Um, and that takes 30 seconds. Um, so I would say like, once you put the, like the work in of, you know, this is what I'm, this is who I'm going to go after. Here's that sequence. And then I just clone it and then do it from there. It's like 10 minutes of personalization. And that's for, you know, that can be 15 decision makers, um, instead of spending five minutes per person and doing the research every time. So I hope that is the, the time question more specifically. Yeah. Um, it's just smart selling. It's looking at your time, looking at your systems, but appreciating why personalization is important. I mean, I think we can both agree the reason so many sales emails don't get even opened or even read or replied to is the lack of personalization. It is just this copy paste send mass spam sending out, trying to throw as much stuff at the wall to see what sticks. And I, whether that worked five, 10, 20 years ago, I don't really know, but it certainly doesn't work now. And just a little bit of personalization can go a long way. Um, so we've looked at your name, we've looked at subject line opening. How about closing the emails? What are some of your thoughts and tips on how you close an email to sort of, you know, leave it in a good way, I guess. Yeah. Um, big fan of the sort of like open-ended, like I'm, I'm looking for a conversation not i'm not like hey do you want to buy it's like you know does this interest you is this relevant and i always like want to give them an out too this is i mean anyone who listens to any sales influencer that posts on linkedin has seen this sort of stuff you know like either way you know glad you guys are growing and hope you continue to smash it in 2022 like ending it super super positive zero pressure like hey i noticed this think we could help yeah are you interested if not cool, no worries. Hope, you know, all the best success to you. Um, but I will follow up 
because I'm a salesperson. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I I keep it really chill. It's not like like I definitely don't be like you know. I don't send my calendar link. I don't say, um, you know, this is what I want. You know, <laughs> like, are you available at Tuesday at three o'clock? Da, 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 da. Don't do that because that's that's back on autopilot, right? Like the second someone sees that, it's like, nope. Um, you know, no matter no matter how good uh, you are. And yes, AJ in the chat, personalization over p personalization. Um, the difference between, you know, you went to the University of Utah. Right? <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's how I like to end them. Pretty short and sweet. Um, and I like it low low ask ball in their court playing it super chill not mass sending out here's a link to my calendar so you can book a meeting with me none of this horrendous type of selling but look thing i can help if you think it's worth talking about let's explore it if not congrats all that stuff I, that is where sales has probably transformed the most i think over recent years um we've got some good questions actually if anyone's got questions for, for daniel pop them in the chat box there's a couple i'll bring up in a second but just as you kind of mentioned it there how often do you follow up and, and is there sort of a time between, you know, each email and a follow up? What are some of your tips on that? Yeah. Um, so I am a big fan of, um, like thinking about defense. Um, and what I mean by that is like, you think of like the stock market, sports, all of that, you know, champ, like defense wins championships, defense does this. And so it's like, how can I do that in sales? Because, you know, we're kind of like offensive people, right? Where, where our goal is to go out and do it. But if you think about it, if like, you know, you do 100 outreaches um, and you book 10 meetings off those 100 outreaches and you get one close one, we look at that in the sales world as like, woo, 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 like you're, you're a killer, you're a legend, stone cold, like recruiters start calling, you're a hero. But what we don't think about or look at, and this is what I started to do, is what about the other 90? Like if I've, you know, cool, those 10, whatever, let's say, you know, 60 ignore you. Um, that leaves you with, uh, we've got 30 left. 10 of those people put you in as spam, which is hurting your deliverability score. 10, you know, will say like, take me off your list. And then another 10 actually hate you and have literally vowed that they will never buy your product or service. They might never say anything. They just hit unsubscribe or whatever. And so it's like, cool, you've got 10 meetings and you've booked one, but you've, you know, potentially ruined any chance of ever working with that company or any company that that person moves to in the future. So I try to keep it super chill. I'm not spamming them every day. I do think like sales is always in the follow-up. I'm never going to argue that. that. Like the data just says that's the case. But like I said, I like to, look at it as me i'll follow up i kind of follow up more heavy and when i say more heavy i'm talking like if i send an email you know i mean i'm, I'm adding them three months ahead i'll send an email and make a phone call um although to be completely candid i don't make that many phone calls um and <laughs> sad's already put lol in the chat um um just because i don't need to um but you know, if, for instance, I notice someone's opened my email five times, yeah, I'll give them a call, be like, hey, like, I see you've opened it and you've forwarded it around to 400 people and everyone's opening it. So, like, this, I, am I am I on the money? Like, you know, what's going on? Um, but I'll typically kind of keep it to, like, maybe once every three or four days at the beginning, and then I chill out. 
like I always look at it this way. If someone's on vacation for two weeks, you know, I want to be reaching out for three so that I can at least get them. Um, if someone's sick or if someone's whatever, you know, after three weeks, they've seen it and they haven't done anything. So sure, I could go for six weeks or for, you know, 30 days or whatever the case may be and do 15 bone calls and this, that, the other. But then in my mind, if I'm on the other end of it, that person's now turning into, I never want to deal with you or your company ever again. So I keep it actually pretty chill um, on the, uh, you know, as far as like, I'll do like 10 touches over, you know, 25 days. And then I'll throw them into a, um, like a, a nurture sequence where not asking for time, but like once a month, they're getting an email that's like, hey, here's a webinar that's coming up on how to open your email by 81%, you know, you should, you know, feel free to check it out or, you know, things like that. And then in six months time, I'll give it another hit because um, I saw this really interesting poll on LinkedIn that talked about like, Hey, it was literally the question was something like, if you get like as a, Hey, sales leader, if you get a really great email, why, you know, and you open it, why don't you respond? And like the number one reason was timing. It was, and it won, it got like 80% of like 8,000 votes. And I was like, okay, so if that's the case, if I sent a good email, I've done the effort, I've followed up five or six times and then not booking, maybe the timing's just off. So now I've got the choice of, I can double down and keep doing that. And now I'm just annoying them, in which case the timing's always gonna be off or I can chill out and try again in you know six or three you know three months or six months or whatever the case would be and i stick them in a nurture cadence this way i'm also putting a touch so you know in salesforce they're noticing oh hey um you know i'm not going to lose the account because of you know i haven't touched them for six months um it's just but that's sort of my thoughts on follow-up and sort of how i go about it um yeah there's another layer you you are adding to it that you haven't mentioned but is also happening and that's you being active and present on linkedin with your personal brand so even though you've got that sequence if they are on linkedin which many will be they're seeing you you're giving them value through your content through your insights and that is potentially warming the stew at the same time so it kind of it just all wrapped in together but i think the biggest thing i'm sort of certainly taken away from from you and your mentality to this is you are very customer led it's less about your sales targets the pressure the kpis and more about how can i in the most intelligent way possible use my time and effectively use my outreach methods to create the most positive conversions um and not just scare everyone away yeah like I, I at the end of the day i just sort of always try to put myself in their shoes like if i receive this email that i'm going to send would i be annoyed by it <laughs> um as far as as uh, and that's you know if the answer is no i'm like cool send <laughs> i would love to see the response of every salesperson actually looked at their outreach emails and answered whether they would actually reply to it because i think that would be quite an eye-opener right we've had a few questions daniel so before we go through we've got a couple of other points to, to touch on today just want to bring up some of these questions because there's some really really good ones uh dominic is asking how do you convert someone who only wants informational emails instead of uh, but to convert them into a call or a meeting um Oh, I have so many follow-up questions to this. Um, if this is an email and they're like, hey, send me more info, um, my immediate, like what I would do if that happened is I would record a video 
and I would, you know, got my trusty little whiteboard here and then, you know, have, um, you know, write their name and write want info question mark and have that up there. And then, you know, the classic little gif of me waving. And I'd, I'd, I'd literally say like, hey, uh, happily send you information. I've got a crap ton of it. Um, don't want to bombard you. What specifically are you looking for as far as information goes? Uh, you can also just level with me. Oftentimes people are asking for information just because they want me to leave them alone. Just so you know, I'm pretty good at my craft and I will follow up if I send you information. So if that is the case, please just let me know and I'll just leave you alone because I don't want to be a bother. And, and then send that to them. That's how I would do it um, because yeah, I mean, at least you got, hey, dude, you got the response and you know, it wasn't to take me off your list. So I think that's the big thing is like, and it took me a long time to get to, to this point of like, I'm not trying to close one them on a cold call or on a cold email, like start a conversation. You might not win them today. Sometimes don't get me wrong. Like with, I, I, I sent, you know, an email, I literally hit boom. And then like 11 minutes later, it's like, Daniel, I want a demo and mm -hmm. you know, the AE is demoing them and it's awesome. They, they close in three weeks. Amazing. Like, but that then kind of like, don't have that be the standard. Like your job is to start conversations, you know, we're trying to ha like help them. <laughs> um, and yeah, so just sort of being real, calling out that like, yeah, but that, that's what I do. <laughs> Hopefully I think the video good. is, the video is spot on. Um, we did a poll on the daily sales the other day and just on video messages on LinkedIn, 80% of salespeople aren't sending them. And you know, that is a huge opportunity and you're right. Whiteboard, whiteboard or not, but that honest approach, that level playing field. And I don't know if it's the right word, but chilled, you know, to the point where it's, there's no pressure. There's no intensity. There's none of this. I need to sell something. I, I need to book meetings. I, you know, when are you free? Let's talk. And more of a, we're, we're at the same pace. You know, I've got something that I think can help you. Your business is valuable to me. We are equals in this equation. This is going to be a mutually beneficial conversation. You know, that's what sales should be. And I love how you sort of intertwined that into, um, into your approach. Yeah, that's, Thanks. I'm just going to bring okay. up. Uh, Cody's oh, I, looked, I looked away from the camera. I just booked a meeting. Boom. <laughs> nice. Look at that. Selling whilst we're on a live. Uh, Cody had a really funny point. Just wanted to bring it up because it made me laugh. Uh, there's no such thing as an interesting poll on LinkedIn. Um, look, there are, some man. there are some horrendous polls. I will not deny it. Uh, I do think there are some good polls, but I... breakfast might not be the best one. And like with polls, like, you can sit like i mean first of all cody love you you're a legend and i agree polls are <laughs> like they're abused right people are trying to get clout they're trying to get people look at that them they like it, it's a dopamine hit when you put a poll up and you're getting these pings of people voting and you look and like eight thousand people have viewed your post compared to when i post in a text it's like a thousand like obviously that's why people are doing it but i just look at it as like okay how can i use polls to my advantage so if i have like a really neat text post or that i think is really neat i'll write a neat text post and then add a poll at the bottom of it that's like what do you do in these situations or like you know how do you know and so like just use it to your advantage and make it you know somewhat relevant instead of just you know don't do the poll that's like make the letter f 
like nobody cares yeah. <laughs> um that's sort of how uh how i like to like to sort of think about it is like use all of them and if people are complaining about polls on linkedin i mean people are talking about it like that's like our job is to is to get people to talk and do that so i definitely use polls but i don't use them all the time because people do hate them as well no and you know what just uh i talk about this quite a lot on a day-to-day -day basis there is one simple reality they work they deliver great engagement and linkedin's algorithm is pushing them so everyone unless you don't need any business you don't want extra reach you don't want to generate any money don't if you're in that position don't worry about it ignore the polls but for most of us that are trying to sell grow businesses etc why would you want to ignore something that clearly works the key thing is to do it well do do it right create insightful posts create insightful polls no one needs to know what your favorite breakfast choice is what your favorite coffee is unless you sell breakfast and coffees obviously for most people it's not important. Let's not turn this LinkedIn Live into a poll debate. Um, <laughs> Jonah's got a really good question. Um, how do you convince, and I think this is great, it's gonna to apply to a lot of people. How do you convince leaders um, to have more of your style of selling instead of this real hard close type mentality? Because there'll be a lot of sales leaders out there that are basically, unfortunately, managing and guiding their salespeople to send the spammy aggressive emails so how can you i guess manage up i don't know if you've had to do that i know Dooley are pretty good but yeah i mean i've worked i haven't only worked at Dooley. um to be completely candid i've never worked at like a really really big company that is that strict um Dooley's the biggest company i've ever worked at and it's like you know 70 people <laughs> um so um but like how I would do it, I mean, I've, I've seen other people talk about this, so this is kind of secondhand advice, but like do what they tell you to do, hit your metrics, hit, you know, what, whatever they're asking, do that. And then, you know, do, do the other one on the side and you can go to them and be like, hey, you know, your way gets me these results and this way gets me these results. Can I do this way more? Because at the end of the day, what you want from me is results. You think this is the best way, but if you can come to them with data and show it, that's what I would recommend doing. Um, you know, better to beg for forgiveness than ask for permission is how um, we run. <laughs> um, and, but again, I have a pretty wicked cool manager who has said that to me. He's like, I'd rather you beg for forgiveness than ask for permission. So if like, I, I, I don't really know the full situation. Um, I know that Jonah's a legend um, working at Wakato. So, I mean, I would just have the conversation, I guess, um, you know, what, you know, Hey, Hey, you know, this seems to be working for other people. I would like to try it. If I do everything that you want me to your way, can I also try this a little bit a week and then just bring them the data? Yeah. No, it's, no one's going to argue. If you say, right, your approach is generating me this percentage conversion. I've tested this on the side. Um, and it's generating this much more conversion, you know, that that's, it's, it's just an education piece. You're just opening their eyes, but you have to be strategic in the way you do it. And then Daniel's tips are, are spot on. You know, the proof is in the results. So if you can go and get some results, but without, you know, putting your own activities at risk, that's the way to go. We've got tons of questions coming in. We'll, we'll pull up um, uh, a last few. Um, Daniel, another Daniel, three Daniels. Here we go. Um, Daniel Angelino. Hey, man. <laughs> Do you know what percent of your meetings come from emails and LinkedIn versus cold calling? <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> um, percent. So last month I booked 
23 meetings, 21 of them were from LinkedIn and the other ones were from email and none were from cold calling. That's the type of answer I like. But I will also, I'm not saying cold calling doesn't and won't work. What I will say is that I did a lot more LinkedIn on LinkedIn and then second was emails and third was cold calling. So like for me personally, I do a lot on LinkedIn, so I book on LinkedIn. Um, and, you know, then I do my second highest one is emails and then, you know, cold calling is my least. So like, that's why it looks like that. Um, it's, a, it's a good point. Like no yeah. one hopefully is trying, cold calling is not dead. There are people that are very good at it and that is their sole stream or biggest part of their stream of, of opportunities great do what works for you as long as you are getting the results as long as you are hitting numbers i can't imagine many sales leaders oh you know you generated all your business actually could you make some more cold calls because you're not making enough of them there shouldn't be many leaders out there and i guess to the other point as well to jonah's point um earlier you know if you've got leaders that perhaps don't understand the situation get them to watch this live there's a ton of content you could probably direct them to that might help open their eyes a little bit to, to see the, the sort of landscape that sales is right now. Uh, Red percent. Um, oh, so good, ooh, good question from Casey. I'm just going to bring this up. Uh, average length of videos. Um, so when you do videos as part of your follow up uh, or email sort of strategy, how long are the videos that you're sending? I try to like the shorter the better. Um, but I am a sucker for this. Like I'll be like, I get so excited and I want to do it. And then I finish the video and it's like four and a half minutes and I'm like, <laughs> delete. And then I go again and I'll sometimes record the same video like time after time before I can get it. But like, I won't send anything under 90 seconds. So over 90 seconds, um, unless the person has asked me for something. For mm -hmm. instance, I had someone say, Hey, like I had like an AE introduce me to like a manager and the manager say, can you send me a quick video of like, of like a high level overview and I can't do a high level overview in 90 seconds. That was like three minutes. Um, and so I sent that. Um, but as far as if it's like, a, you know, if I'm sending videos as far as like a part of a sequence or something like that, keep it at less than 90 seconds. Um, and then I meant, and, and I also mentioned that in the email because I think, this is something that I've been really thinking about lately um, is like when you're sending videos, right? You have to get them to open the email. Then you have to get them to open the video. So like it comes like, I don't know, this is me just overthinking everything maybe, but you know, you then have to sort of, so you have to get their interest doing everything we talked about previously to get them to click on the email. And then, you know, what can I say and how can I make this, you know, how can I get them interested enough to then open the video and watch it? Um, and so like, I think that that is almost just as important as whatever the video is too. Because like, if you just, I don't know about you, Daniel, but if someone just sends me an email with, Hey, recorded this for you. And then it's just a link to a video. I mean, I'm an SDR, so I'm going to watch it if I'm being, <laughs> but I can totally see why like the VP of sales, you know, has work coming out their ears and, you know, pressure from top. They don't care. So it's like, giving them a reason to open it um, as far as doing that and keeping it short because, you know, 30 seconds, cool. You know, I can do that while sitting on the toilet. <laughs> um, you know, once it gets longer 
um that's where people will probably not really care that much so my like my my rule of thumb is under 90. and that's solid and do you know what i think the one thing that has really been a consistent throughout this whole chat daniel is is psychology you are really you know showing empathy at a really deep level but you are thinking about the psychology of your prospects and customers how they're interpreting your name the subject line how you write that email what's going to make them open that's a very deep level selling and you know it's clearly being a big contributor to to your success as, as an sdr um but i just want to stress how important that is again autopilot most salespeople aren't thinking about what their prospects and buyers are thinking they're just clicking away and phoning away and they're not taking the time to think about the other person and put themselves in their shoes and switch off autopilot and just start to, to do that can be a huge a uh, huge changer and i know lots of people like for instance if you're you know fresh out of college you're first time sdr and you're selling to like cmos or like chief technical officers you know you probably have absolutely no idea <laughs> which is fair enough right you're in sales you're young you know obviously like people are doing that sort of stuff and they are you know at the tail end or at the height of their career they are super technical so it's like they're a completely different personality but you probably have those people in your company um so like i know that i annoy the crap out of my coworkers at every company i do like go to i'm like hey i want to understand like how do you think how do you work what is annoying to you where do you go when you are looking for help? Like for instance, if I'm looking for a new sales tip, I go to LinkedIn, but I don't think a chief technical officer does that. They go to GitHub or these other places. And then I go there and I absorb it and you feel like an idiot. You don't know anything, but you start to learn how they speak, what's important to them, those sorts of things. Um, and it takes time. And unfortunately, you know, um, you're probably not allowed to block off at two hours every day to surf the web. Um, so, you know, you might have to do it on your lunch break while you eat food or something, but, um, that's, that's what I do, um, as far as trying to, trying to understand like, what's it like to be a VP, you know, what's it like to have the pressure of, if I fail, this company goes under and the entire board is on me and no, I don't care about an SDR's two minute video. So like trying to break that and yeah do that yeah. <laughs> Sam, <It's>, a little annoying <laughs> do you know what it's and you're right sometimes you might have to do it in your own time but it's an investment that that those extra steps you do that research you do could be the difference between hitting target overachieving target you know it's an investment doesn't mean spend every waking hour but it can be an extra hour here half an hour there you know doing those activities can have a huge um a huge impact i we've covered so much in this and i just want to very quickly highlight you know you work for dooley and, and dooley is incredible you know obviously you're doing amazing things there but the product itself is is absolutely phenomenal what i'd love to know is everyone who's watching this live or watching it on catch up if you are using salesforce let us know in the comments because what dooley does and, and daniel's highlighted it a few times is significantly help with the admin tasks and note taking on on salesforce by automating it and honestly the hours that I've lost putting in details and admin into into Salesforce is incredible. And you don't get that time back that time. I mean, it is an investment to an extent where, you know, there is a benefit. But wow, if you can automate it, 
then that time is yours. That is time back to do everything we've covered today, to do the extra personalization and the research. Very quickly, Daniel, just tell us a little bit about Dooley and, and just how awesome it is. Yeah, Dooley is great. Thank you, Daniel. That was super nice. Um, I mean, I'm a big believer in not selling anything that you believe in. And um, I thoroughly, I think, you know, if you use Salesforce, you should have Dooley. Um, and the easiest way to sort of, um, this is the easiest way to sort of how I, how I explain it, you know, kind of like casually, you know, when you're reading a really good book and you're in the flow, you are enjoying it. And then your phone goes off, it rings, it texts, it's your mom, your wife, your dog, whatever. And you put the book down, deal with that. And you come back, like, how long does it take you to get back into the book? Right. Some people it's 10 seconds props to you people. Um, for the rest of us, it could be a couple minutes. You have to reread a page, reread a paragraph, whatever the case may be, you are like losing time. And so that's from like context switching, right? Your brain is going to something else and then coming back to whatever it is you're doing and that sucks. Um, so what Dooley sort of aims to do is like kill context switching um, by, you know, you as a rep can stay in the one place, do everything. And then as a added benefit, update Salesforce. So what I mean by that is you're not living in Salesforce and in wherever you take your notes and in, you know, whatever your learning system is or like Google drives where your case studies are, um, as well as, um, you know, uh, yeah, all, uh, and you know, your calendar, all these different places, it's all in one screen. You can stay on the same piece of glass and you can just stay in the zone and just work through, through your day. Um, as well as update Salesforce super quickly. Um, you know, when someone says update your pipeline, um, if you have 50 opportunities, that's 50 tabs just for the opportunities. If there's fields you need to update on the account level too, that's another 50 tabs. It takes a ton of time. You know, there's nothing worse than updating a bunch of fields, hitting save, and then er error, you have to refresh the page, redo it all. So, you know, we're just kind of cutting out that grunt work that people hate. Um, as far as being able to just quickly update your entire pipeline in one view. Um, that's sort of duly at a super high level. Um, and then there's like the, the, yeah, Michael in the chat talked about the playbooks feature. Um, that's what I'm talking about, like surfacing content. Like if you're on a sales call and someone starts talking about a competitor of yours and you're like, oh, I should really know this, but I don't, you're not going to go into some Google drive and control F and try to find like objection, like how to handle this objection. Like you need to know then and there. So, um, duly, like while you're taking your note, if you type in like a, a competitor of yours, a battle card will pop up on the side of your note and be like, ask this question, say this, you know, this is why, how we beat them. Like that's sort of the real magic. It's like a guided selling, um, feature. So you can, you can ramp faster as a rep and, you know, managers can have their, have their team not having to give that age old excuse of, um, oh yeah, let me get back to you um for then you know to, to hear crickets so that's sort of that's duly in a nutshell um and yeah happily show anyone who wants to see it <laughs> well here's the thing for everyone who's using salesforce and who must be interested by just hearing uh, how amazing duly is connect with daniel on linkedin send him a message and he will send you a super cool email or even a video um and can hopefully show you about it but honestly sales now if you're not using tools like this you're just limiting yourself you've literally got chain you're chaining yourself to the ground when you could be doing so much more and 
I've spent years making cold calls. Anytime I'm in a sales flow, that's the prime time. That is when you are performing at your best. The moment you get distracted and have to update something or do something, it takes time to get back in that flow again. Why waste that time when you can have it working for you and you can continue that flow for another half an hour, hour, two hours, whatever it may be. And the whole playbook thing, I mean, again, we're human. If you can have technology next to you, bringing you those insights and tips to guide you, I mean, it's like having your own little assistant, your own coach there, sports coach to help guide you. It, salespeople who aren't using these tools are just limiting their potential. And as we go into to next year, you know, again, like, as you say, everyone who has Salesforce should have Dooley. It's just the natural companion like fish and chips. I Absolutely. say that because, I mean, you know, it's dinner time here in the UK and fish and chips does sound good. Um, Daniel, I think you've shared some amazing insights. We've had a ton of questions. I'm going to speak to the, the team. I think we should get you back. Uh, if anyone agrees and would like to see Daniel back, let me know in the chat box, but I'm pretty confident we can and should get you back. And I think we should think, we've had a lot of questions about LinkedIn and video, which wasn't the real nature of today's conversation. We've tried to, focus it pretty much on emails but i would love to i think we should be great to explore those in more detail strategies around content strategies around video messaging i think there's a big gap there that people are quite keen to to learn from so if uh, if we get the opportunity daniel will you come back and join us again for a live yeah 100 percent. this was fun <laughs> i love it i love it daniel round two uh nicholas is all for it uh thank you for your questions as well nicholas great stuff okay to tie this up, go and check out Dooley, connect with Daniel Ryan, drop him a message uh, if you're interested and he will hook you up um, with, with Dooley. More Daniel Squared. Okay, that's my favorite comment of the uh, conversation. Daniel Squared, that could be our new team name. We'll get it yeah, on there. Squared. I think it works. Um, connect with Daniel, do check out Dooley. Honestly, incredible platform um, and everyone who has Salesforce should be using them. Daniel, you have been phenomenal. Your insights have been incredible. And I would probably recommend to everyone to watch this again because there was quite a lot of stuff we dug into. Um, share your successes. If you go and apply some of the tips that Daniel's been sharing, let us know. Uh, and we will hopefully get Daniel back soon. Um, thank you to everyone who's tuned in. This has been great. The engagement's been phenomenal. And to everyone who's watching this on Catch Up, we hope you've enjoyed it. Daniel, you have been a legend. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you, Daniel. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Hopefully you got something. And definitely let me know, you know, if you use something, I'd love to hear that. Love it. Love it. Contact Daniel with your success stories and asking him to introduce you to Dooley because who's not going to want that? Take care, everyone. We will be back with lives very, very soon. Daniel, you've been amazing. See you all later. Thanks for listening to The Revenue Playbook. For more sales playbooks, head over to Dooley.ai.